I've got some really important things I want to share with you this morning. A while back, I uh, spoke on a Wednesday night, but I, I, I wasn't prepared to, and somebody, I forgot what it was, but somebody couldn't do it, and, and there was something that happened that, that last minute we needed a speaker, and I said, I'll do it, so I did. And I just, that Wednesday night, started, I gave a kind of a preview of a message that the Lord had been dealing with me about, and I said that I would preach that on the first Sunday of the new year, on that Wednesday night. And then I remembered that there was another Sunday in the year we hadn't accounted for, which was today, kind of like a lot of people didn't know that was, there was another Sunday this year, but I found out in time, so... I, I made my plans to preach that message that I previewed on that Wednesday night on this particular Sunday morning. That's what I'm going to preach today. And I'm calling this message the gospel according to Abraham. And you'll see why as I proceed with this message. Some time ago, oh, a few months ago, I preached on the gospel in the Old Testament. And I, I gave the best interpretation I could of the gospel of the Old Testament because really the Old Testament is full of the New Testament. But I, I didn't really do the message justice because I have not yet seen what I'm going to preach to you about this morning. One of the key ingredients that I'm going to bring to you this morning, something that the Lord showed me a few weeks ago as I was reading my Bible and just reading it as, as some of us, as we all should do sometimes. Sometimes we should just read the Bible because we want to read the Scripture and see what God is saying and hear the Lord speak to us and learn something that God wants to teach us, not because we're preparing to teach or preparing to preach or, or, or getting something ready for something. We just need sometimes just to read God's Word and let it, let it speak to us. I was doing that, and I love the book of Galatians. I, I always have, and I've read it many, many, many times. I would hazard to guess how many times I've read that book in the Bible. But I do know this, in all the many times I'd read it, I'm sure I'd read the words of Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. I know I'd read those words many times because every time I read Galatians, I read the third chapter. But I had never seen that verse as I saw it that particular day. It just struck me. And that is a part of, not all of, but a part of what I want to preach about this morning in the gospel according to Abraham. So, <clears throat> because I'm not the, the always preacher these days, I've heard somebody else preaching for us a lot of times, and I'm glad for it. It's kind of different this morning. I was doing everything today, kind of like the old days, and I didn't, I'm glad it's different now. But I sometimes don't say anything about have you brought your Bible with you. But I hope I, we said it enough to kind of inculcate that in everybody so that you do bring it. And so if you want to follow with me in the reading of a scripture this morning, I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, and I'll preach around this verse and then come back to it in the body of my message. <clears throat> that verse says that the Scripture, I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible, the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, proclaimed the good news of the Savior to Abraham in advance with this promise, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. Other versions say that God preached the gospel to Abraham. And that's exactly what this means. Now, Abraham was a great man of faith. If you felt like the Lord spoke to you today and said, this coming Friday I want you to leave and I want you to start going west. There's some territory, some land out there I've given to you and I'll tell you when you get there, and I'll tell you when to stop, and I'll tell you what it is once you're there. What would you do about that? We'd put out three fleeces and see if that worked, hoping it was a no. We'd call all of our people together that we believe know what it is to hear the voice of God, and we would say to them, 
I think this is what God said, but no, it couldn't be true. And then we see what they said, hoping they said that, that no, you're not supposed to do that. But it would be, a, my point is it would be a hard thing to do, wouldn't it, just to hear that. And yet Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees, a land foreign, not even a land known at that time. And God spoke to him one day and said, I want you to move and go to a land that I will show you. I'll show you when you get there. It's a land that I've given to you, and it'll be the land of your promise. And so Abraham, man of faith that he was, got up, pulled all of his household and family and being together, and started on the march, headed toward Canaan. He didn't know where he was going, but that's where God was leading him. So Abraham was a great man of faith, and when you read about him in the Hall of Heroes and of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, you see many great things about Abraham, and I'll talk to, about that in the course of this message as well. But he was not a man of perfect nature. He certainly had flaws, and his flaws are revealed in the Bible. There are times when he really, really, while he was always a man of faith, he was not always a man of complete confidence and certainty and surety. There were times when he questioned what God had told him. I don't blame Abraham for that, do you? Maybe you're one of those people who's never done that. And if you've never done that, you can blame Abraham for it, the fact that he did it. But I'm not there yet. So I don't blame Abraham for that. I understand it. In fact, I'm glad that happened to him because it happened to him. I can preach this message to you this morning. If it weren't for that, I wouldn't have a message today. But Abraham had flaws, as, as, as every man of the Bible did. There were none of them who were not flawed men, because they were men. They were humans. So Abraham made mistakes. In the course of, and this, and this of course is not to denigrate Abraham in any way, it's to encourage us to let us know that men can make mistakes. They can have flaws. They can even have failures. But that doesn't mean they're defeated. It doesn't mean they're not men of God. And it doesn't mean that they're not men of great faith. Abraham was that, even as flawed as he was. So there came a time when God spoke to Abraham in the course of his life. And I'm not going to deal with all the things that happened in Abraham's life. Now you can talk about all those flaws I just referred to. But in the course of Abraham's life, God came to him with a certain specific message. And it was a message for the ages. He trusted this message to Abraham because Abraham was a man who could be trusted. In spite of everything that he missed, where he missed the mark, he was still a man who could be trusted. And God trusted Abraham with a great commission. He set up a covenant with Abraham for all of his posterity. And that covenant was that they would be known as God's people. Progeny of Abraham would be the people of God. And he set that seal upon them and told Abraham that he wanted to, and to circumcise himself and all of his household and all of his male children who would born, be born after him would go through that ritual of circumcision. And Abraham did exactly what God told him, took all of his servants, all of his family, himself and everybody else. When God told him that, they were all circumcised. And then after that, every Male Hebrew boy, I guess if they were male, they'd be a boy, wouldn't they? Every male Hebrew who was born after that was circumcised. And then in days of Jesus, they'd come to practice that on the eighth day. It was the time, and that was the time that they always did that. So, so Abraham heard the voice of God, accepted the covenant that God had made with him. God said, if, if you will do this, then you will be my people. And I covenant with you that you will be my people, and I will treat you and trust you as my people. Abraham did that. And so then in the course of time, God came and spoke to Abraham and, gave, and told him that he would give him and his wife, Sarah, the desire of their heart. They wanted a son. They had a great family of servants. He was a man of great possessions, but he did not have a child. He did not have a son. It was a great mark of failure in that day for one not to have a son. So God came to Abraham and spoke to Sarah as well and said, I will give you a son. Now, they were already up in years when God spoke to them. 
And so it seemed impossible by now that the promise of God could be true. But God said, I'll give you a son. And Abraham was already well up in years. And still many more years were to pass before that promise was fulfilled. In fact, along the way, after that promise was made, was one of the great failures that Abraham experienced. And they decided, he and Sarah decided, that maybe God had decided to give them a son in a different way. Now, this never came from the Lord. It really came from Sarah, and Abraham agreed with it. And she said, I have a maidservant here. His name is Hagar, a part of our household. You can have Hagar as your concubine, and, have, and perhaps God will give us our son through her. And can you imagine that? They both agreed to that. They decided that God hadn't fulfilled his promise to them, and so they would help God keep his promise. And I'll tell you one time when you make a great mistake, maybe you've already done it, it's too late for me to tell you about it, but I can help you not do it again, maybe. When God's promised you something, it looks like it's not going to happen, and you decide, well, I'll make this happen because God said it would happen, and he'll help me to get his will fulfilled and get his promise done. So I'll help God do it in the way that I plan instead of waiting to see what God's going to do about it. I grant you that sometimes waiting is not the easiest thing to do. When God has spoken to you and you know God's given you a promise, especially when you've already shared it a little bit and other people kind of know about it, as they did with Abraham and Sarah, and still nothing happens, and still God doesn't come through, and still the promise is not answered, and years pass, and nothing happens, and you're just like you were before, and now you're saying, well, that's what they were saying. God, can it be? You promised us a son, and we're both getting, we're already both too old to have a child. And yet you said your promise is still valid. You've given us this promise. So we better do something about it now before we get too old for anything to happen. And so then Ishmael was born, and that brought conflict into the family. And finally they had to move Ishmael and Hagar out of the family. Because later on, after that happened, lo and behold, Sarah found that she was pregnant. She was going to have a child. And then they found out that it was a boy when he was born. So all of a sudden, unexpectedly, after all that waiting, after all that planning and acting to help God's promise be fulfilled, which was a deviation from everything God had said and missing the plan of God totally, the son was born and his name was Isaac. And God told Abraham, don't fret over what happens to Ishmael. I'll take care of him. Because Abraham was concerned that by Ishmael being his son, of course. But don't fret over that. In Isaac, your seed will be called. Isaac is your offspring. He is the one that I have chosen. And he is, this was the designation for Isaac, he is the son of the promise. Now, they looked at Isaac with great favor. And then there came a time when a great test was imposed upon Abraham. I'm talking about how faithfulness brings the fulfillment of the promise of God and how our walking with God in obedience and trust brings us to the fulfillment, to the great and total and absolute fulfillment of God's promise in our lives. So has God ever spoken to you with a promise in your life. Maybe you've never spoken to any other person about it. you never talked to anybody else about it. But you know, you remember, you remember right now, as I'm talking about you remember right now, you remember that time when God spoke to you. You were at the altar. You were praying and reading your Bible at home. You were walking from one place to another and God spoke to you. But you knew in that time right then, you knew this has to be the voice of God. God has spoken to me. And you didn't perhaps understand it. I've had God speak to me, but I didn't understand what he was talking about. 
It took a fulfillment for me to understand it. I can tell you of event after event when God said something to me and I thought he meant one thing and he really meant another. But, but, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily so because sometimes it's really very plain and very direct what God spoke, speaks to you. So if God has told you something and it may have been last year, it may have been 10 years ago, whenever it was, there's been enough time that's passed that you have begun to think about it in a different way. Uh, I was just somehow in the flesh. I just thought I heard something. It must not have been God because if it would be God would have done it. And so you start to give up on it. You start to say, well, you tell yourself you really are holding on and you're being patient. But sometimes... What we call as patience is just giving up. We keep saying we're holding on to God. We're still saying it's going to happen, but we don't really believe it is. Because I'm waiting on God, and what we really do is we've really given up on God. But if God has spoken to you, and it was clearly God, and it hasn't happened yet, you may feel the effects in your body right now of something God spoke to you about and it's still there and you don't know why. But I'm going to tell you, my friend, and listen carefully now. I will stand on this till the day I die. And if I can't prove it true for everybody in the world, the day that I die, I'll go to heaven and say, God, I want you to help them understand before they die. I couldn't make it clear, but I want you to help them. I want you to make it clear. But I am going to tell you this without fail. If God's ever said it, God will do it. There's no promise God has ever made that he will not keep. There's no promise God's ever made that he will break. God makes promises to us. He never breaks a promise that he made to us. When God says it, it's going to happen. I can't give you a calendar or a clock to say when. I can't point to you the events that are going to bring it about. But I can tell you this. I know this. Not because everything God's ever spoken to me has already happened. But because a lot of things God spoke to me have happened. Just like he said they would. And sometimes I didn't know the fulfillment of the promise till I was in it. And the fulfillment was right there in front of me. And then I saw how God had fulfilled it at that very moment. That's how I wound up in Orange Park in Clay County. I had no idea, no idea what God spoke to me and told me he was going to change my life. I was ready for it. I'll tell you, I was ready for him to change my life. I'd been praying for about two and a half years for God to just do just that very thing, change my life. God, I need a change in my life. I don't want, I don't want to die. Sitting here, reading my Bible, and thinking good things, and doing nothing for you. I want to use my life for you. And I was praying and seeking God. And, and, and one day they called me and said, there's a church over in Orange Park where the, the pastor's gone. And one of you go there and preach two or three Sundays and fill in for him until we find somebody. You've all heard me tell this. But there's a few of you who haven't heard me because you don't hear, you haven't been here that long. If you've been here very long, you've heard me tell it. <laughs> but bear with me for those of you who haven't heard it. So, so I, I said, okay, I'll do that. So I went over. And it was in, it was in uh, August, July, actually, July of 2010. And uh, the first Sunday I came over, I think, was the, I was here on Wednesday. The first Sunday I was here was the first Sunday of August of 2010. And I came over and preached. Well, there was about 15 people sitting out there in church. I was shocked when I went in. I told there were about 50 people there. I went in, there's about 15. You know, we always kind of inflate our congregation, I guess, to other people. But, man, I never saw that 50. Now, all the time I was there until God started to grow this place, I never saw that 50 people. I don't know what happened to them. They heard I was coming, I guess. Anyway, so, so I'm there preaching. And I'll tell you, after about three Sundays, the section president met with me and said, what do you think of the people over there? I said, they're very nice people. There's not many of them, but they're very nice people. He thought there was about 50. I said, no, I never found that 50. There was about 15 of them, sometimes on a good day, 20. But, no, they're not, those 50 are not around. But, yeah, I like the people. He said, well, they really like you, and they'd like for you to stay if you're willing to. I said, well, I'll stay. Are you going to find somebody else? I said, 
health. He said, yeah, we'll look. But they weren't really looking because, you know, I found out in this district when they find somebody that's willing to take something that nobody else will have, that is, they're through looking. They're going to look it on something else. Their looking days are over. <laughs> you got it, brother. So anyway, <laughs> so he said, he said, well, would you be willing to stay? And I, you know, in those, I'm still have a little touch of this, but in those days I was really a lot more of a smart aleck than I am now, believe me. So, so he said, would you be willing to stay? I said, well, yeah, I'm going to go to church somewhere, and I, I might as well be listening to me and somebody else. Probably like it more, so that's what I, that was my answer to him. So I said, I'll stay for a while. So I stayed, and, and then one Wednesday night, I'm up preaching, and I'm preaching a series of messages on hearing from God. And I'm preaching that, that series on how to hear from God, know you've heard from God. And, and I, I think the whole time I'm preaching, I'm questioning, I said, what are you doing talking about this? You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you think you've heard from God. And I, and I started testifying in that Wednesday night service. And right down, I was down on the floor in the middle aisle with that little wood lectern we had then. Because there's not enough people to stand up here in front of me and talk to. So I was down in the, and I, and I stood there and I put my hand in my pocket. And I said, you know, I don't know why I remember putting my hand in my pocket. Because I try to avoid that habit. But I, I did that and I said, you know, God has spoken. I said, I'm going to tell you something. God has spoken to me. I know God's spoken to me. God spoke to me twice and told me he was going to change my life. First he said he's going to change my life, and then he said, I am changing your life. And I said, I know God's going to do it. I don't know when or how I know. I know God's going to do it. While I'm saying I know God's going to do it, I just kind of had a flash, and I stopped right there. And I paused, and I said, this can't be, this can't be right. Lord, I can't. And I, I don't know what they thought in those moments, but that, uh, it was maybe a few, uh, not more than a few seconds, I'm thinking. And so I'm, I said, I said, you know, I'm telling you that God spoke to me and said he's going to change my life. And God has just, and I've told you that I know he's going to do it because he said he was. And God has just spoken to me standing right here. And he's just told me, this is it. This is it. I have changed. I have changed your life. And I'm thinking all of this, thinking all this, my head's running every different direction while I'm thinking this, you know. And then, well, it is a change. It's different. This is a complete change. But I guarantee you one thing is not what I was expecting when he told me that. And well, I, well, I, I never had the vision of 15 people sitting out there on Sunday morning. God calling me to preach to them. I've never done that in my life since the cottage, days of cottage prayer meetings. When we all went out to the cottage prayer meetings and met somebody's home during the week, we used to call them cell meetings. Now, we used to call them cottage prayer meetings. And I went out then, you know, there'd be as many people as could cram into the house. Maybe 15, 20 people was a big crowd. But since those days, I've never had a congregation like that. Except the time I started in the church, we had nobody, but God quickly changed that. And it, and it grew to a couple of hundred people. But I, I'm trying to, I, while I'm still finishing talking to them, I'm trying to persuade myself what God has said. This is what God has said. And I'm, I'm trying to get over it, trying to adjust to it, and trying to accept it while I'm talking. But, I, you know, I had to go sit down for a while after that. And for several days, I had to think that through. But yet, I, I, I knew... I knew, maybe I just didn't want to believe it, but I knew that was what God said to me. This is it. I've changed your life. And he has. Now, seven years later, I'm still here, still going, still talking, still preaching, still praying, still going on. And, 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 <laughs> and the thing about it is, what I, what I really want to tell you out of all of that is, God's not through yet. God is still moving. God has still got things that he said he's got to do. He's got to do it because he said he would. We're not there yet. God's promises have not been completely fulfilled yet. Because he said other things that he hasn't yet done. And when God does those things, we'll see them just as miraculously as we've seen everything else happen where God has moved and fulfilled his word and kept his promise. So Abraham hears the word of the Lord. Now he knows, he knows that God has given him his son in a fulfillment of a promise. The promise has been kept. Isaac is here years past. And one day, 
God speaks to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac out and offer him up as a sacrifice to me. Go out into a place that I'll show you as you go where that place is, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. Now, imagine the the father of the son of the promise, not, not just any son, that would be horrible enough, but the son of the promise, the son that God said, I'm going to give you. And then in fulfillment of his promise and his word, he did give them the son. And now God comes and says, and I want you to take this very son that I gave you and go up and offer him as a sacrifice. That was a totally foreign thing to Abraham, offering him as a sacrifice. There's no other place in the Bible where God spoke about offering any human being as a sacrifice. First and only time that God said for that to be done. And that was a full prophecy of what God was going to do. And so Abraham, though, now in great faith, I'm going to talk about how he had that great faith in just a moment now, but in great faith Abraham said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. So the next morning he got up and told nobody what God had said to him. Sometimes that's the best thing to do, friends. Just keep your thoughts to yourself, keep your mouth shut, and keep your heart open to God. Let God do what he's going to show you how to do. Because he's got what he said he had for you. He's got another place for you if he told you that. He's got another place for you. He's got a, 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 a cloud burst of sunlight and happiness for you. You've been struggling with that deep darkness that he wants to dispel. He has that for you because he said he told you he did. He's got that position for you that he told you he had for you. You haven't got it yet. It hasn't been fulfilled yet, but he's got it for you. Because he told you he had it for you. If God said, I've got it for you, he's got it. He's right ready to give it to you just at the right time. Just don't turn loose. Don't turn loose the promise. Don't give up on what God has said. Hold on to what God's declared. God's going to do it if he said he's going to do it. So Abraham got up and took Isaac, and they started out for the land of Moriah. And when they got to the Mount of Moriah, Abraham said to his, this, God said, this is the place. So he said to the servants, you wait here. The lad and I will take the wood for the fire and the sacrifice, and we'll go up to the mountain and worship, and we will come again to you. Abraham believed if he offered Isaac as a sacrifice that God would raise him from the dead. Read the book of Hebrews. And you'll find there in the 11th chapter, I think, about the, about the 8th verse, 9th verse, where the Bible speaks of Abraham's great faith, where he believed that if he sacrificed Isaac, God would bring him back from the dead. Hebrews clarifies that, makes it certain, New Testament confirmation, that God was going to bring him back from the dead if he offered him as a sacrifice. Now, how could Abraham possibly have had the faith to believe this? There's no experience in all of the world and all of history that Abraham knows that justifies anything like that. That he could even believe that that would be possible. That he would consider going up, which he did, and putting his son on the altar, taking the knife, ready to plunge it into his body to take his life. That he would even believe that if he took the life of Isaac, God would raise him up from the dead and give it back to him. That's how strong his faith had become, and this is why. The scripture that I read to you in the very beginning, Galatians chapter 3. Somewhere back in those days, when God was speaking to Abraham about his seed being a blessing to many nations, that they would be as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. When God spoke to Abraham about that, he told Abraham enough of the gospel that he could believe in the sacrifice and in the resurrection from the dead after that sacrifice. That's where Abraham's faith was confirmed because God had spoken it to him. And now he's standing up on the promise of God, on the word of God, because God had revealed it to him. God could certainly reveal that plan to him because God had that plan from before the foundation of the world. That's why the Bible says Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Always in God's plan, the sacrifice for sin, 
and the resurrection from the dead to confirm the power of that sacrifice was in God's plan. And somehow, in that time of talking to Abraham about his seed moving beyond the Jews into the Gentiles and into all the world and blessing all nations, that truth had come through to Abraham. When God taught and preached the gospel to Abraham in the Old Testament, here's what Galatians says. These are the words that I found after so many years that I've never had understood before. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, from the Amplified Bible, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. In other words, it wasn't going to just be the Jews, but God's plan was for all the world, everybody to be a part of, of Abraham's blessing. All of us in this third chapter, by the way, you really need to read Galatians 3, the whole thing. This third chapter makes it very clear that you and I are the sons of Abraham by faith. We are more the sons of Abraham than those people who have been circumcised on the eighth day and had a bar mitzvah when they were 13 and declared to be the sons of Abraham. We are more the sons of Abraham than they are according to the Bible because it is spiritual. Paul said neither circumcision or uncircumcision matters. It avails nothing. What matters is the work of the Holy Spirit and that we are all sons of Abraham, daughters of Abraham, children of God, if you will, by faith. And by faith alone. That's the promise. And somehow, and somehow God revealed that to Abraham enough for him to believe that if Isaac were slain on that mountain as a sacrifice, that God would give him life again and raise him from the dead. And that's so important because here, here's what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead, if you read 11, 17 through 19 in Hebrews. Very clear in the New Testament that the promise was made. And so, Abraham was willing to offer. God stopped it. He didn't have to go through with it. But in his heart, he did go through with it. He was completely obedient. And in effect, according to Paul, in a, in a manner of speaking, he says, God did give Isaac back to him because he stopped his hand. So he did give him back to, and give him his life. Now, the promise of God has been fulfilled to that point. The rest of the promise of God is that the, as, as those have been born following Abraham, here's the way the seed of Abraham has become a blessing to many, many nations, to many, many people. The multitudes have been blessed, not because of Isaac and his children, not because of those who came and were born to Abraham in the flesh. While that's not unimportant, what's really important is the way that God fulfilled that promise to bless all nations is that through Isaac and his seed, Jesus Christ was born, died on the cross, rose from the dead, provided salvation to all men, broke down the wall of partition so that Paul said there's neither Gentile nor Jew. In God now, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the grace of God, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither bond, neither slave nor free, neither black nor white, neither male nor female. We're all one in the Spirit of God because we are the children of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the promise of God. <laughs> and, so, and so the promise that you doubted, the promise that you questioned, you say, how can God, how can God possibly do? You say, yeah, but Pastor, I'm not Abraham. Well, neither am I. We are children of God. And we are the sons of Abraham. We are heirs to the promise. Every promise God made to Abraham, he has made to us. Because we are his we are his progeny. We are his offspring through the spiritual offspring of Isaac representing Jesus Christ our Lord. What a great, great thing. Now, now, doesn't that say to you that in all things and in every way God can keep his promise? Imagine that God came to Abraham to, be, to give him such a certainty, such a clarity, such a such a perception of reality that God himself preached the gospel to Abraham. That's what Galatians says that Paul wrote. 
He preached the gospel. How much did he tell him? I don't know. But he told him enough to believe that a sacrifice could be offered. It would be a sacrifice for sin. And that that sacrifice that was offered to God would rise again and come back to life. That's how much Abraham understood. He maybe understood much more, but he understood at least that much because that's what gave him the faith to every step of the way from the time God spoke it to him. He knew this is going to happen. And then he went through to fulfill the plan of God. And as he fulfilled it step by step, God confirmed his faith. So I want to tell you that's what God has done with the promises he's put in your life. That's what you're standing on right now. You're standing on the same word, the same word of God, the same promise of God, the same God who made promises to Abraham is the God who made promises to you. Many of the promises are made in the scriptures. You see them because they're in the Bible. There are other things that God chose you for. And I know that this is a stretch with a lot of people, but when we believe in walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit, the Spirit leading and guiding our lives, I don't see how we can believe any less than what I'm telling you right now. That there are times God has a plan for you. God has a work in development for you. He knows where you're supposed to be. He knows what your calling is. He knows it better than you do. He knows what the ministry is that you're to perform. He knows what the blessing is that you're supposed to be. He knows what it is when he gives it to you and puts it into your life that you are called to use that blessing to honor God and to use it in obedience to him. If God told you he's going to give you something and he expects you to do a certain thing with it, believe me, the promise isn't half-blown. It isn't just God's told you he's going to give you something and then you forget about what he told you to do with it. I didn't put it in the most basic terms we know of, money. So I feel like God has told me that he's going to give me, well, let's, since we're talking about God being abundant, let's just talk about it. Being abundant, let's say God told you he's going to give you a million dollars. And you're saying, oh, man, I, I'd never be deserving of that. But when you do that, I want you to give 900,000 of it to First Assembly. <laughs> I should have just said to the work of the Lord, but I couldn't resist. So <laughs> and so he not only told you he was going to give it to you, he told you what to do with it. And you say, yeah, 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 yeah I'd do that. Lord. But down in your mind, you're thinking, man, that'll buy a big boat. Woo. Oh, boy. Talk about the car that would buy. No, 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 no. I might as well go ahead and get a truck. It's the best one they have. So you're imagining all those things. But don't forget the first thing. The very first thing is, God said, when I bless you with this, this is what I want you to do with it. And it may be, I'm stretching now to tell you this, because that's why I say it may be. It may be that the reason it hasn't been fulfilled yet, whatever it is, I'm, I put it in financial terms so you be clear to us what I'm saying, I hope, but I don't, want to, I don't want to obscure it with that. Whatever it is that God has said, that he's going to send you somewhere, or call you whatever it is, but that you are, this is what you're supposed to do with the blessing and benefit that God brings to you. And you have decided in your mind, well, I need to wait till I see it happen before I know that's what I'm going to do. No, oh, whoa. You need to say right now, God, I take the whole package. If you're going to send a blessing upon me, I accept that blessing with the conditions you told me. When it comes, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what I will do. Because you said it. I believe if God has said it, and I've already declared this in this message, I'm not going to stop declaring it. I believe if God said it, he's going to do it if you've heard the promise of God. And you can just be assured of this, my friend. When you first heard this, I know when you first heard it, it seemed powerful. Uh, it was like putting an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. And you looked at it and you said, oh, yeah, that's positive. That's, 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 that's not a question mark. That's not a period. I mean, that's an exclamation point. God, I put three of them out there. Exclamation. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. It's positive. And time goes on. And time passes. And after a while you say, well, 
Oh, God, I know I, I hurt you, Lord. I, I, yeah, I, I, I believe I did. And after a while, that exclamation point starts to change. And it goes into a different form. And you, you say, well, I know you said it, Lord. I know. Didn't you? Lord, I really believe you said it. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe it. I believe, I believe, I believe you said it. But so, you, so that patience becomes almost giving up. Sometimes it's easier to give up. It's easier to give up than it is to hold on. Because if you're holding on, you're saying, why hasn't it happened yet? I'm ready, I'm ready. God, why aren't you ready? I'm ready. What can you do to get me ready? I'm ready. Help me, Lord. But when you're just holding on and just kind of let, maybe at the same time you're holding on and letting go, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, that's a whole lot easier. You don't have to deal with that every time you go to prayer. Say, well, God, if you're going to do it, you'll do it. I might have missed you. But if you know, you know if you said it, you, you know all those rationalizations that you go through. And that question mark just lingers out there. And then one day, listen now, one day, if it hasn't happened yet, it's right about to happen. One day, you go before the Lord. And you're reminding him of that thing. You say, now you said that to me, Lord, a long time And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he says it to you again. Just like he did the first time. You hear God's voice. You know it's God because you've heard it before. You know it's God. And all of a sudden that question mark starts to change and it goes back again to what it was to start with. Now it's an exclamation point again. And you put another one there and another one there just for good measure. Oh, God, forgive me for having any question. God, forgive me for having any doubt. You said it. Yes, you did, Lord. I confess it. I agree. I proclaim it. Yes, you said it. You don't have to go anywhere beyond that prayer closet to proclaim it. You don't have to go out and start telling everybody just like you did the first time. It's all right. Unless God leads you to go tell somebody about it. He may lead you to do that to confirm it. Follow God. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Follow the steps that God lays out for you. And God is going to do what he said he would do. So I want you right now to dwell on what you believe God has spoken in your life. What you believe God has said to you. I like this kind of extension out here. I can get so much closer to you. Don't you? I've got to get used to it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't let go of the promise. Don't let go of the promise. I'm preaching to me while I'm preaching to you. I'm saying to myself, Bill, hold on. Don't let go. Because what God said he will do Everything God has said he'll do, he's always done it. He's always done it in his own time. He's always done it in his own way. But he's always done it. Look at all the times God's answered prayer, how God has spoken to you and God has done it. Look at all these things and mark it down. And I've looked at those things and I've marked them down. I've marked them down. And then I come to this one more thing and then one more thing. I say, but yeah, but this is, <laughs> yeah, but this is different. Yeah, but this <laughs> always something there to put a butt in there. But listen, friend, where you and I have to come through. And I've come to this again about several things. Not long ago, I was sitting in the Sunday morning prayer time. And I'd, I'd been praying over this. And we pray in that, in that Tuesday morning prayer. And that's when it was. I think it started Sunday morning. I've got the date written down when it was. I felt like the Lord said to me, I will do everything I have said I'll do. And then, about five seconds later, again, I'll do everything I've said I will do for you. And you know what that is. And I just, I just started to weep before the Lord. I didn't talk about it. God's, God, you've spoken to me. I know you have. And I am excited about the promise of God being fulfilled. We will not give up on God's promise. 
We will hold on to God's word and what God has said. Not let the enemy cloud our minds by thinking that we misunderstood it. We didn't hear it correctly. We didn't get it interpreted correctly. All these things that the enemy wants you to know when it's just as plain and simple as it can be. Yes, I will do it. My child, I have heard your cry. I have answered your prayer. It's already given to you. This is the promise. And when I give you the promise, it's like giving you the answer. Hallelujah. You may not have the fulfillment of the answer yet, but when you've got the promise, you've got the answer. If you've got the promise, you've got the answer. You get that? You get that? If you've got the promise, you've got the answer. You don't see it yet. You don't see it yet. But if you've got the promise, you've got the answer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I have a man comes to me all alone. He's not in our church. So you won't start looking around trying to figure out who he is. He comes to me a lot of times to say, Pastor Bill, I'm kind of lonely. Uh, my wife, I want you to pray for God to send me the right person. Now, I've got this person now, and I've met her, and I was and then next time I say, well, what about that person? Yeah, well, we didn't see, we weren't the same on this. That's happened about three, maybe four times now. <laughs> and I tell him, and I tell him, I'm going to pray for God to send you the right person. And I do. I do. I don't try to name somebody. I don't try to start thinking around people in our church. They might fit him and link them up together because I didn't figure God called me to be a matchmaker. But I pray for him. I pray for him. I tell him if he'll come to more, if he if he come to Tuesday morning prayer, he'll come to church on Sunday. He might meet the person of his dreams. Pray that he won't find that. Wake up and find that that was a nightmare. But but, but but I believe. I I believe that he said. He told me he believes the Lord has got someone. Believe the Lord has told me he's got someone for me. Just that now, I hadn't found that person yet. Well, if God's told you, He's going to put your paths together somewhere, somehow. If God's going to tell you, He's going to put your paths together. I believe God. I believe that's God's done that very thing right here in this church. So, when God has spoken to you, when God has said something, you proclaimed His word in your heart. You've got the promise, and when you've got the promise, you've got the answer. It's already on the way. God's moving right now to give you that opening, that open door in your life that you're looking for. I preached too long this morning, but I got carried away with all this, and I knew. But I had a few extra minutes, so so I just took advantage of it. Just remember this. Remember this though. If you've got the promise, you've got the answer. That is your answer. Glory to God. And some of you are believing God for you're believing God for family members to be saved. It's the greatest desire of your heart for family members to be saved. Certain ones in particular. If God has spoken, pray till God speaks to you about it. When God speaks to you about it, then claim it. Hold on to what God has said. And when God comes through with fulfilling that promise that he's made to you, you are obligated to come and tell me about it. You're obligated to let us know about it because I want to be able to proclaim it. I need the encouragement of it myself. I hear it all the time from people in one way or another. How God's answered prayer and they've been praying for something and God's answered prayer. I'm going to tell you just one more quick thing. How the Spirit of God works. I wasn't going to tell this, but but permit me, I'm going to tell this one more thing. Years ago, when I was a pastor of another church over on the north side of Jacksonville, and the Spirit of God started moving in the church in a, in a great way. I've great, told some parts of this many times. And God started moving in a great way, and the Holy Spirit would just manifested Himself. <coughs> and the words of the words of the Holy Spirit, the words of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit were being manifested. And and, and one Sunday morning. God had moved in a particular way, and, and and toward the end of the service, we didn't have this very much, almost not at all, but, but this one woman stood up and said, Pastor, I have a special request for prayer. I said, all right. So her name was Sadie Gregory. And she, asked, she said, I just, during this service, as you've been preaching and the Lord's been moving, I started thinking about my brother, and I've not heard from my brother in nine years. Nobody in my family's heard from him. And in nine years, we don't know if he's living or dead. We don't know how to reach him, how to reach him. 
nobody in my family's heard from him. And I just want to pray that I'll hear from my brother. Will you pray, and everybody pray that you'll hear from him? I said, we'll not only pray for you, Sister Gregory, you're going to hear from him today. And then I, whoa, you lost your mind? You, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I had a restless afternoon. Because I knew what I said. I, how can I explain this? Did I say, how can I explain this? What I meant to say was, what I really said was, but it wasn't any explaining because I said, you're going to hear from him today. We had two services. We had a Sunday night service. I came back to church that night hoping nobody would say anything about it. <laughs> and, and I saw uh, Ben and Sadie Gregory. They've gone on to be with Jesus now. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Drove a long ways. They drove all the way over here to Timaquana, all the way from the north side to come to our church. They, came, they didn't come on Sunday night. They too older. Older, not good to come on Sunday night driving. And all that. But this Sunday night, they came in. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, she's going to tell me. I said, why didn't I hear from her? I'm going to tell you, really, you get on the edge like that. You, you, your faith is great when you're saying it, but after that, you're Abraham and Ishmael, you know. So, so I'm up there. And then she got into service. She stood up. And I thought, Pastor, Pastor, can I say something? Yes, go ahead, Sister Gregory. She said, you know, in the service this morning, I told you about my brother. I hadn't heard from him for nine years. And she said, and you know, that was, that was true. She said, but this afternoon, he called me. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm wiping my brow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But you see, the Holy Spirit knows things that we don't know. And he can speak those things to the person who doesn't know them if they're allowing the Holy Spirit to work. So I'm saying to you one more time, if you have the promise, you have the answer. If you have the promise, you have the answer. You have the answer to your healing. You have the answer to your finances. You have the answers to your family. You have the answers to your issues. If you have had the promise of God given to you, spoken by the Spirit of God, and don't let the devil make you think you have not heard from him when you have. You have the promise of God. You've already got the answer. It's on the way. The fulfillment is almost here. And God is ready to do what he said he will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand with me, please. Glory to God.